0: Hi guys. Welcome back to Model Behavior. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. I am back. I missed you guys last week. I am very sorry that I did not put out an episode, but I had the busiest week of my entire life. (laughs) Um, I was traveling a little bit. I went out to California and then to North Carolina for literally 24 hours. Um, But I was really just all over the place, um, but also having so much fun. I feel so lucky to be able to travel as much as I do and see so much and just experience so many cool and different things in this lifetime and the whole week I was just really feeling like overwhelmingly grateful <laughs> to be where I was. Um, but anyway, I am back. I'm in New York. It's good to be home again because I was also in Virginia for an entire week before that trip. So I've been away a lot, and it's very nice to sleep in my own bed for once, because I think I literally went like three weeks without sleeping in my own bed. Um, I'm also a little bit sick, so I apologize for my nasally voice. But anyway, let's get into it. I thought I would make a little Q&A episode because I haven't done one in a while, And I feel like it's time to answer some questions, since so much has changed for me recently. Um, Let's start off with a banger. First question is, what are you looking for in your next relationship? (laughs) Excellent question. (laughs) First of all, I feel like every relationship that ends is an amazing lesson. Of course, I'll be very sad that a relationship didn't work out how I once thought it would, but I really just try to focus on the positive aspects of a breakup, which is very difficult. But I feel like you learn so much about yourself in a relationship with someone else. Like, I learn so many new things about myself, so much about how I can be a better partner and a better person And so much about what I do and do not want in a relationship. And I think relationships really bring your personal issues to the surface. And they force you to look at them and heal them and heal yourself in order to have a healthy and successful relationship with other people. So that being said, I have learned a lot recently (laughs) about what I do and do not want in future relationships. And what I'm really looking for in my next relationship is someone who fully supports my interests and passions, someone who values my opinion, and someone who can be selfless. I've been in three serious relationships in my life. And in two of them, I always felt like the other person did not care about my interests or things that I was doing or working on or things that I just really cared about. Like, I'm going to give you kind of a crazy example. I started this podcast um, about a year ago, I think now, which is insane. I love you guys so much, by the way, just a quick little side note. Um, but I started this podcast about a year ago while I was in a relationship. And I had been thinking about starting this podcast for probably like a year and I was working really hard on it. I was always taking notes about what I would talk about and just like kind of brainstorming about it, and it probably took a year before I finally worked up the confidence to be like, you know what? I want people to hear what I have to say, and I'm going to take a risk, and I'm actually going to start this podcast, and I worked really hard on it. I still work really hard on it. I spend hours every single week working on this podcast, and just wanting my voice to be heard. Whether I'm talking about issues in the fashion and modeling industries that I really believe in and really stand for, or trying to spread awareness about teenage domestic violence and abusive relationships, trying to help women through eating disorder recovery, or even just shooting the shit with you guys because I fucking love all of you so much. And I'm really passionate about this podcast, and it means the world to me. My partner never listened to an episode. Never asked me about what I was talking about that week or what I was working on or what the feedback had been, any of that. Never asked. And I record my podcasts at home. Like right now I'm sitting in my bed. Um, I don't have a recording studio or anything like that, but that does not stop me from having my voice be heard and talking to you guys every week. So a couple times in this specific relationship... I was all ready to record. I had worked on my notes for hours and I was ready to go and ready to work. So I asked my partner if they could go into a different room so I could record in the most soundproof room of our apartment for about 30 minutes. I asked for 30 minutes. And naturally, I thought he would be like, oh, like, yeah, no problem. Do your thing. I know this is important to you and you need to work. But they freaked out. My partner freaked out. And they were like, I'm not going to derail my day for this and you didn't give me any notice that you were going to do this and this is your own insecurity talking because if you took your podcast seriously, you would rent out a recording studio. And by the way, I'm not telling you this story to bash my ex, I honestly don't care enough to try and ruin their reputation or talk shit or anything. I'm telling you this because it's little things like this that you shouldn't put up with and in the moment sure it's irritating but i kind of brushed it off when i really shouldn't have i really should not have brushed this off and maybe it's not something huge like it's not like oh you want to go back to school or you want to get a new job and your partner doesn't support you like obviously that's a huge red flag and you deserve better but it's also little things like this that just make you feel so unsupported and small and like what you're passionate about doesn't matter and it's silly to them that's not okay. And now that I'm on the other side of that relationship, what seemed like sort of a small thing really means a lot to me. And I'll never put up with that again. And I know that now. I learned that. I need someone who cares about what I'm passionate about just because I'm passionate about it, even if it's not their personal cup of tea. At least show interest and care enough about me to care about what I'm doing. But yeah. I think I'm definitely looking for someone to support me, someone who occasionally puts me first and can be selfless when need be, and someone who really values what I have to say. Um, I've also gotten really lucky in my three serious relationships, and every single time my partner has felt like my best friend in the entire world, and I think I always look for someone who can be my best friend and my adventure buddy, as well as my romantic partner. I think that's really important in a relationship and it makes it so much more fun. Um, But yeah, I think that is like definitely the main things I'm looking for in my next relationship, which might not be for a while and I am totally fine with that. (laughs) Um, anyway, next question. Um, tips for making friends and going back into the world after an eating disorder and being so focused on yourself. This is a great question. I really struggled with this probably the first year of my recovery. Eating disorders are such an isolating struggle. I feel like pretty much everyone with an eating disorder loses most of their friends because it's just so consuming and it's all you can focus on every second of every day. So it makes it really challenging to put yourself back into the world where you're not burying yourself in your eating disorder all day. And I got so used to just the same isolating routines that made me feel safe because everything was predictable. I did the same thing and ate the same safe foods every single day and tried to control pretty much everything in my environment which is why I stopped socializing because a lot of the time people are like meeting up for a meal or there's food involved and I would like get scared that I wouldn't be able to control myself or I'd break my ED rules or I would like eat something that I don't normally allow myself to. And also your brain just gets so consumed with disordered thoughts and anxieties that it's hard to even hold a conversation. When you're restricting, you get so much brain fog from malnutrition that it's so difficult to talk to people and act like a normal, functioning person. So when it came time to put myself back out there and reconnect with old friends and make new friends, I was just so out of practice socially. I was definitely super awkward at the beginning, and it made me really anxious to be around friends because it had been so long, and I literally just like forgot how to socialize. But the more I pushed myself, the easier it became, And I started having so much fun again. I also used to cancel plans like at the last minute every single time because I would just overthink it and I would get super anxious. But I started reminding myself of the times that I did follow through with plans and how much fun I had. And then I would just literally make myself walk out of the door and show up. And I never, never regretted showing up. And letting go of the control is so hard. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the more progress you will make in recovery. You can't stay in the eating disorder comfort zone forever. If you want to recover, you have to push yourself and fight back against your eating disorder behaviors. Next question. Do you prefer the New York City lifestyle or the smaller town lifestyle? Honestly, for a while, I was very against the small town vibes just because that's how I grew up and it always felt like very suffocating to me. So I was all for the big city vibes. Um, I just felt like people knew too much about me in the small town. There was like too much gossip. There weren't enough cool people to be friends with. You couldn't really get away from people you didn't like. um, There just like weren't enough opportunities. It wasn't very fun the routine was always the same. There wasn't really anything new to discover, and it just felt very bland to me. Um, I was never really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Everything was familiar and safe and boring to me. So I moved across the world about a week after I graduated high school, literally as far away as I could get as possible, and I moved to Sydney, Australia, and I completely started over. And absolutely everything about it was out of my comfort zone and totally new and different and I could do whatever I wanted and be whoever I wanted to be. And now obviously I live in New York City and I absolutely love living here. I love the lifestyle. I love walking out of my door every day and having endless possibilities for what I can do. I could live here for years and never go to the same place twice if I wanted to. And I think that's incredible. There are so many people to meet, so many places to go, so many things to do, and it really does feel like the entire world is in the palm of your hand. You can do whatever you want. I think it's so exciting to live in a big city, and it's challenging. And I used to hate visiting my hometown because there were just always, like, too many memories, too much gossip, no new people, just, like, the same old thing it always had been my entire life. And all of that is pretty much true. But I've started to look at it differently. Now I'm more focusing on the comfort of that familiarity and predictability. It feels just like safe and homey and cozy. And there's such a sense of community in small towns. Like sure, there's a lot of gossip and everybody knows everyone's business. But also most people have your back and cheer you on. And I think that's really sweet and charming about small towns. So I definitely have an appreciation for where I grew up. And honestly, maybe I'll end up in a small town one day when I have a family. But for now, for this phase of my life, I definitely prefer the big city lifestyle. And really, I've been thinking a lot recently about how I really only have one life and I wanna do as much as I possibly can and meet as many amazing people as I can and go to as many cool places. I feel like I really have the opportunity to do that every single day in new york and for now i think it's the perfect place for me to be in my 20s maybe even my 30s um maybe even the rest of my life but i'm also so glad that my family still lives in a small town because it's always just like a safe and familiar place for me to go back to when i need a break from big city life Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I definitely appreciate both for different reasons and I love both for different reasons, but for this phase of my life, I am a city girl through and through. Uh Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Another question I got that kind of goes along with that is tips for moving out at a young age. First of all, you're going to fuck up. You're... Going to start a small fire. You're going to make some disgusting meals that you'll literally just have to throw away. You're going to shrink your clothes in the dryer. You're going to set off your fire alarm twice a day for the entire first month. You are going to decorate with the cheapest shit you can find on Amazon or Five Below. You are going to have a couch that you found on the side of the street. You're going to have a fucking fantastic time doing all of that. My biggest tip is to keep your mom on speed dial or just any trusted adult, really. And you will be calling this trusted adult multiple times a day for at least the first few months on your own. (laughs) Mom, how do I unclog a toilet? Mom, can I dry this sweater? Mom, how long do I boil eggs for? Mom, how long do I cook chicken for? Which reminds me, learn how to cook a few basic meals. Don't try to start with a bunch of elaborate shit ask your mom or your grandma for some basic recipes or look on Pinterest and find just a few good go-to meals. It is so easy to order Uber Eats in this day and age and trust me, I ordered way too much when I first moved out on my own. So even if you don't like cooking like me, I don't really like it, um, your wallet and your health will thank you for learning how to cook a few things. Also pay attention to how much you're spending every month And lay out a budget for yourself divided up into money for eating out money for groceries money for rent money for a gym membership if you want one money for some like extra shopping and just whatever else you find yourself spending on every month and keep track of how much you're spending and prioritize where you want to spend your money also I would suggest making some connections with your neighbors If you are in an apartment building, try to meet some people on your floor or in your building because you will inevitably lock yourself out or need someone to get a package for you or something like that and it's always just nice to know someone in your building or close to you and it helps me feel safer for sure and it's just nice to know that I know someone nearby in case of an emergency. Um, Also, if you're living with roommates, lay out some rules and expectations as soon as you move in, if not before you move in. I know it seems super like weird and strict and adult and everyone just wants to be like a chill roommate, but seriously, have a conversation about expectations and cleanliness and like late night noise levels because it's easy to assume that most people aren't messy or gross or loud, but you'd be really surprised (laughs) how nasty some people are. And I've been in situations where I was trying to be the chill roommate and not nag anyone or not try to like be anyone's mom about cleaning and stuff. But then it really just went way too far and I was living in absolute squalor and it was so disgusting and it caused friction between my roommate and I because I didn't really speak up until it was kind of too late. So if you lay out those expectations at the very beginning, it'll hopefully help keep everyone on the same page. Okay, someone also asked about my experience in coming out, and I don't think I've actually ever talked about this on a podcast, but I am, in fact, queer. I am a raging bisexual, for those who did not know. (laughs) I know I've only had boyfriends, which is, like, a typical white girl who says she's bi just to be different, but, like, no, really, I am bi, and I came out when I was, like, 19, I think, um, like, officially came out. I mean people definitely knew before that but that's when like everyone knew and I actually just texted my family group chat <laughs> with like my mom, dad, brother, grandpa, and grandma and I was just like hey guys uh, I'm by. just thought you should know and I'm very lucky to have such a supportive family because they all responded immediately and were like we love you we support you in anything and everything you do and it was just very sweet and wholesome. I mean, obviously, I'm not super public with this information, but it's also not something I ever try to hide. It's more just like if someone asks or if it comes up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not straight. And I'm lucky to live in a place where most people are very accepting of all sexualities. So I've never faced any backlash for it. And pretty much the only thing I've had to deal with in terms of my sexuality is men just constantly fetishizing, fetishizing it and not taking it seriously at all and whenever it comes up I'm like oh yeah I'm bi and they're like oh that's hot like threesomes I'm like oh god fucking men Jesus Christ um and I could make an entire episode about men fetishizing women who like women but I won't get into all that right now um and I'm sure some people in my hometown might have something to say about my sexuality but nothing has ever been said to my face and I honestly don't care what anyone thinks about it I do not feel any shame around it. I love who I am, and I love who I love, and that is that. Um, But I would say, if you're wanting to come out, try, like, practicing what you're going to say or doing it in, like, a text like I did, because it's always easier to text and write something rather than say something out loud. And even if you think everyone's going to be super accepting, just kind of like in the back of your mind, prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. Because unfortunately, people do have some pretty awful opinions about the way other people live their lives, even when it literally does not affect them at all. Um, But hopefully everyone is sweet and supportive and kind, and you won't run into that kind of problem. Um, I honestly just tried not to make it a big deal, and the only reason I even formally told my family was because I didn't want them to find out through social media (laughs) first and I wanted them to like hear it directly from me. Otherwise I probably just would have let them find out naturally like if I ended up dating a girl or something then they'd just find out then. I know it's a pretty boring coming out story but yeah that was that was my experience with coming out. All right last question I'm going to answer today. Tips on staying consistent in recovery. This is honestly so hard. Especially when your body starts changing, it can be really hard not to slip back into old habits or, like, freak out and relapse, and I think the biggest thing that has helped me stay consistent is just constantly telling myself how proud I am of myself and also reminding myself of how horrible I felt when I was really sick. And knowing that i should never make myself feel like that again because i don't deserve that and just reminding yourself that you do deserve freedom from your eating disorder and you do deserve peace and you do deserve health and happiness and a life outside of an eating disorder you deserve to have a life where you are consumed by friends and family and laughs and happiness not a life where you're consumed by thoughts of restriction and calories and rules and just picking yourself apart constantly. And I think just like writing things down like that in my journal or on my mirror or just like anywhere where I'm gonna see it, like on my phone, just anywhere, to have those reminders throughout the day, wherever I am, of just knowing that I deserve recovery and I need to keep at it and I'm doing a great job and I'm just proud of myself. Because you can never be too proud of yourself in recovery. You can never be too proud of yourself, but yeah, I think that is pretty much all I have for today's episode. Um, obviously, I got a lot more questions um, that I didn't answer, so I can do another Q&A if you guys like these episodes, but for now, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. I love you all so much, and I promise I will start being more consistent again. I've just been really busy. Um, So I'll see you next week.